What is good, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of Defenders of the Bank. I am, of course, the Scarf J.R. Liebert, and sitting to my left in beautiful Philomonster Studios in Burbank, California, is the Christian Philly Philomon. Fa, 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 Philly, Philly, from Queens, not from Jersey, you see. He's already singing on the podcast, everybody. And it's that's, been a long day. That's You know what? But we had a great time today out at Barney's Beanery. It was a fantastic time at the watch party. Of course, the Tigers, Expos, and Cuervos hosted a packed house out there like four seconds from your house in Burbank, California. I love that. I could have crawled there. We could have crawled there. The Uber was like, are you kidding me? You're really Ubering this far? You could have walked. That practically was the text message. But when you're in a situation where you could basically crawl to a watch party and then crawl somewhere else to record a podcast, why would we go anywhere else? You know what, though? Shout out to responsible living right there. Ubering rather than driving. That's what we promote here on Defenders of the Bank. So also want to give a quick shout out to Marcos, a fellow city of Los Angeles employee, and of course, Bone Storm, who we had a great time hanging out with there as well. We'll talk a little bit more about what went on as we were watching from beautiful Barney's Beanery in Burbank. That's an alliteration. But let's give a quick rundown of what's going to happen here on episode 25. We are going to start off with this day in LAFC history, which will kind of bring back the birthday segment too, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Second, we're going to talk very quickly about an FC Tucson update with our boy Philip Ejimadu. The third, oh my goodness, what a Saturday it was for the LAFC Academy. We'll talk more about their fantastic Saturday. A little bit of Texas ties here from LAFC while they're playing in Dallas. A quick recap on how the team from down the 110 did. And then, of course, it'll be the game recap in Dallas our second time in four days. Well, before we do that, we're calling this episode A Tale of Two Cities. But here's the deal. Last night, we recorded the ladies' episode highlighting the game that occurred at the bank on Thursday, May 16th. I want you all to focus on that episode. My wife, the panda, and JR's boo, Scarfette, did a fantastic <laughs> job. If you're waiting on a long episode from us, you're out of luck because it's ladies' night, it's ladies' weekend. Please, listen to that episode. Hang out with us on your way to work, but before you play the season finale of Game of Thrones, check out the girls. We are so proud of the ladies, and it actually bothers me that we have to record this episode right after they dropped what I think is one of the greatest episodes of Defenders of the Bank, but you know, the scheduling conflict we can't avoid the fact that we played a game. But I want to give a shout-out to Scarfed and Panda. We love you both. A shout-out to Alina from the LAFC Foundation. You are one of the most selfless individuals Woo-hoo. we have ever met, and you freaking rock. It was an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. So like I said, we're going to keep this episode brief. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Scarfy, back to you. That's right. This day in LAFC history, we're going to go real quick. Today in LAFC history in 1993, May 19th, we are recording this episode right after the game, May 19th, 1993, as has been put all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, happy birthday, Walker Zimmerman, U.S. national team member, LAFC rock on the back line, and just an overall good dude. Any guy who hangs out with people like Johnny Hecker and Clayton Kershaw are great in my book. So happy birthday to Walker Zimmerman. One other quick birthday I want to throw out there. I know he only trialed with us this season, 2019 preseason trialist. Baggio Husidic 
almost became the first player to go from playing for Carson to playing for the black and gold. His birthday was May 19th, 1987. Also on May 19th last year, LAFC fell at Portland two to one. Now, of course, we'll be up in Portland in just a couple of weeks. Carlos Vela scoring the only goal in the 74th minute as we lost to Portland. And then a lot of you are going to be listening to this episode tomorrow. And tomorrow was a huge day in LAFC history. May 20th, 2017, LAFC announces the details of the 3252 and the supporters section at Bank of California Stadium, equipped with safe standing and rail seating, the first stadium on the West Coast to have those features. So the birth of the 3252 happened on May 20th, 2017, at least the announcement of it. I know a lot of hard work went into making that happen before we announced it. Also, again, on May 20th, 2018, one year later, Walker Zimmerman called into the U.S. men's national team one day after his birthday for a friendly against Bolivia. Oh, he's scowed. That's right. And one last thing I, I want to touch on, too, because we've got a certain huge soccer tournament happening in three years on May 21st, 2018, so just a couple of days after today, last year, five LAFC players were named to provisional World Cup rosters. We had Laurent Simon of Belgium, Stephen Betashore with Iran, Omar Gaber for Egypt, Carlos Vela, of course, for Mexico, and Marco Ureña for Costa Rica. And that is this day in LAFC history. Philly. We've got a guy that we interviewed on our podcast, LAFC roster member and current FC Tuscanite, Philip Ejimadu. He had quite a day against Chattanooga Red Wolves FC. How did it go there for Philip? We interviewed Philip on episode 22. Scarf and I were invited to go to the Performance Center to interview Philip. He, as Scarf said, he is the keeper for FC Tucson. This man netted himself another clean sheet and FC Tucson ended up going out in a game where they basically won by their biggest margin in club history. Philip Ejimadu, another clean sheet. This guy is killing it. He is absolutely killing it. At this point, I would say he's on the heels of Pablo Cisniega. We haven't seen Pablo feature because Tyler Miller has been having a phenomenal season, but Philip is chomping at his heels. I can't wait to have Philip on the roster. Congratulations to you, my man. Another clean sheet. All the best. I can't wait to see you back in LA, my man. And I will remind our listeners if Philip Ejimadu plays for the black and gold, Philly will be getting a goalkeeper jersey with Ejimadu on the back. I'm getting that sucker anyway. Oh, I love it. All right. Another jersey. I'm sure Panda is going to love another jersey in the closet. Perfect. And American Express will, too. (laughs) All right, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to the LAFC Academy. They played Galaxy's Academy on Saturday, five games that they played. U-12s played two games. The U-13s, 14s, and 15s all played one game each. And of the five games, LAFC took all three points on all five games. An incredible weekend for our academy, the U-12s beating Carson's Academy 5-2 and 2-1, a 4-0 shutout for the U-13s, a 5-1 throttling for the U-14s, and closing it out, a close win, 1-0 for our U-15s. If you're keeping score at home, that's an aggregate of 17-4. to 
over Carson's Academy team. So I just want to say a huge congratulations. We at Defenders of the Bank love our Academy teams and could not be happier for the throttling that they put on Carson. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to beat Carson because they were first. They like to remind us with their lazy marketing schemes that they've been around since 1996, but we've been around for what some would consider a cup of coffee and we are eating their lunch for them in the youth academy level. And I can't wait for that game in Carson in July. I can't wait for the rematch in the bank in August. We will redeem ourselves. And you know what? I want Zlatan on the team. That guy got suspended recently for choking NYCFC's goalkeeper. I don't know what the heck he was thinking. But hey, Don Garber and the MLS decided to finally hike up their shorts, have a little bit of a, you know, cojones, for lack of a better term. Yeah, but for two whole games, two games. Yeah, they could have given him a red card and probably have suspended him for one. But from what I heard, there was rumors that they could have suspended him for five. Absolutely. I think it should have been more. Yeah, I mean, he's been rather aggressive lately. But hey, you know what? I'd rather face Carson with Zlatan than without because it's just going to make that victory that much better. But we're not talking about Carson anymore. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. We are. We are. Because they ended up losing to the worst team in the league. That's Thank right. Thank you, Colorado oh. Rapids. In the final minutes of the game, down in Carson, while we were at Barney's Beanery, Carson was back at home in Carson against the lousiest team <laughs> in the MLS, and they ended up losing. They are riding a fantastic losing streak. Seattle ended up tying the Philadelphia Union. And as a result of that, our game against FC Dallas, even though we didn't walk out with three points, turned out to be a lot better than what we anticipated as a result of Seattle's tie and Carson's meh against Colorado. Yeah, earlier we had the alliteration Barney's Beanery and Burbank. These were the former fight and fail hobbers, the Colorado Rapids. God, I'm bringing the nerd either way today. I apologize. But they lost one nothing to Colorado, so they dropped to fourth, by the way, in the table. So that was nice to see that, and that just ended. And since we, we follow Bonestorm, we love Bonestorm's memes a lot, let me let me channel my inner Nelson when I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, so that's, that's enough talking about Carson. One last thing before we begin our game recap, LAFC have some Texas ties coming into this game in Dallas. The of- stars at night are big <laughs> and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. We didn't plan that, but we just sang that. That was great. So Lee Wynn. I lost my bike at the Alamo. (laughs) In case you haven't watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure, that was a reference to that. (laughs) It's in the basement of the Alamo. I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned The Alamo. Oh, goodness. Pee-wee Herman, where have you gone? Shout out, Jameson. A couple. Oh, no. It's starting already. A couple of Texas ties for LAFC. Oh, yeah, that was not nice. Take the reins, dude. I'm I'm running off the track. Lee Wynn from McKinney, Texas, 20 miles away from the stadium. So a bit of a homecoming there for Lee Wynn. And, of course, Walker Zimmerman on his birthday back in his old stomping grounds. He played for FC Dallas from 2013 when he made his MLS debut all the way through two seasons ago, 2017. He won an Open Cup and a Supporter Shield with that team in 2016. Made his debut as a 19-year-old, just about eight days shy of his 20th birthday, as a substitute, and it comes full circle, where in today's game, he played his 10,000th minute in the MLS. So a big congratulations to Walker Zimmerman on that. And that, Philly, leads us into the recap 
for FC Dallas and LAFC in Dallas, a tale of two cities. And let me tell you something about today's game against Dallas. I think it's stupid how the scheduling has been worked out recently. We play them on Thursday only to turn around and face them again a few days later. Look, what do I know? I'm just a man with a podcast and a liver made of Play-Doh. What the heck do I know? But LAFC came into this game basically dominating in almost every category you could possibly think of that matters. Best in the West and the best Best in the the MLS. MLS. Dallas is basically a group of kids with only three players over the age of 30 managed by a gaffer who was only promoted this season from running the Youth Academy. They... Came in to the bank. We walked away with a 2-0 win in that game. And honestly, a matchup that I think we could have shell-shocked them at least 5 to nothing at the very least. And going into this, the curiosity was whether or not these cats would park the bus again at Union Station or if they would have a little bit of nads and actually come out and attempt to create some offense. Tactically, I can't say they were wrong because on the road, they basically played the role of a wet noodle and that kind of kept their stamina up to you know a pretty decent level because at home, they were far more aggressive than they were at the bank. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They seemed the aggressor from the outset. They definitely wanted to make some changes after that road loss like you said it could have been much more four or five nothing and instead of coming out with five on the back line and you can view at defenders of the bank on our instagram that picture of them starting off with five on the back line five four one give me a break they basically came into this game with a bag over their heads because these cats were freaking scared dude yeah, but you know what? They came out in this one, a 4-2-3-1 with Jesse Gonzalez, who does have some U.S. men's national team experience back there at keeper. And look, there's one other player to just want to point out. It's mainly a lot of the same players who played last game, although a switch at the top with Dominique Baji and Zenik Andrasic. But so they have a guy on their team, Jesus Ferrer. Look, his name is Jesus. He was born on Christmas Eve in a city called St. Mary. I can't Make that up. If you look it up, that's all true. FC Dallas comes out in a 4-2-3-1 this time. Their only main difference, though, is they had Dominic Baji, and they were using this time Jesus Ferreira at the top instead of Zednik Andrasic. So a little change there in the makeup of Dallas, but a lot of changes, Philly, on the side of LAFC. Well, we started out with that 4-3-3 as we normally do. And I got to say, whenever I see a completely different lineup, we usually have a crazy result. In goal, as per usual, we had Tyler Miller. We had Eddie Segura, Walker Zimmerman. Happy birthday, my man. Steven Betashore, these guys normally fill out the back line. But Jordan Harvey had a bit of a break today. We subbed in Mohamed Elmanir. He started in the back line. Mark Anthony K. Lee Wynn. Andre Horta making a start, Vela Rossing and Blessing, but our Achilles heel coming into this game was the fact that we were without Edward Atuesta in the midfield. He had a knee sprain as a result of the prior game on Thursday against FC Dallas, and right off the bat with a completely different starting lineup, as it was in the game against Vancouver, I was quite nervous as to what the results were going to be. Yeah, you know, you can tell there was a lot of differences in our lineup because we moved Latif up to the attacking three. He's not playing midfield anymore. And we have Lee Wynn, who came in, one of our better passers. I really think our offense moves a lot better with Lee Wynn. And Andre Horta getting the first start, we just didn't look like we were in form. There were just a couple of steps off. We still had plenty of time in the attacking third 
but we just didn't look like we were completely there. A little bit of a misconnection every now and then, maybe a player getting back a little late. You know, it, it was a rough start to the game for us, and, and we were really working through this 4-3-3. I want to mention one other thing real quick, too, and it happened in the third minute, and it happened later on in the game. What's with Mark Anthony K and this diving lately that he's kind of resorted to? There were a couple of bad plays in the Dallas game at the bank, and then in this one, there were a couple starting in the third minute. Another flop from Mark Anthony K. He came into the season. He was our tough guy. He was our enforcer. And now, I don't know, he's doing his best sort of Diego Rossi impression every now and then. I'm not a big fan of these flops from Mark Anthony K. It started in the third minute. In the fourth, though, we had our first save from Tyler Miller. That's right. And then right after that, Carlos Vela earning an early yellow on Acosta with a slap to the face in the sixth minute. That earned a free kick from Lee Wynn, the foul uh, earning that free kick from Lee Wynn and the ball going all the way through the box untouched on the free kick. And really, not much more happened until the 13th minute. Yeah, in that 13th minute, Eddie Segura saves the day, recovering on a run. Harmless corner, another example of the league's best defense so far. We've heard the term steady, Eddie, and we could really refer that to Atuesta or Segura. But <laughs> these guys are just such an integral part of our team. I can't say much more about Eddie Segura other than, dude, thank you. I don't know if you're old enough because we have such a young team. I don't but, think he is, actually. But I would buy you a beer at the very least when you turn 21 because then it's legal. And thank you for helping us have a backstop that is as dominant as we could possibly have anticipated. We walk into this game... Walker Zimmerman with what? It was like a .66 GAA, yep. but not because he's making 100 saves. No, because that back line, which wasn't the starting lineup for today, but our back line has been shutting people down in, in, in the best of ways. But unfortunately, if we progress along in the game, Tyler Miller didn't end up with a clean sheet today, did he, Scarf? No, progressing along in the game, they definitely had a couple of shots early on. In the 27th minute, Dominic Baji put one in the back of the net, but he was clearly offside, so that goal was disallowed. Uh, a silly Vela chance in the 28th minute led to a quick counter right after, and it was Dominic Baji to Ryan Hollingshead for the first goal, and we were kind of shaking our heads like, what happened? What was wrong with our defense? Why did they get back so late? It turned out that Steven Betashore hustling back, playing his second game in four days. What a stupid scheduling quirk this was for the MLS. Really upset by this. Hustling back, you felt that pull in his hamstring. So he slowed up, and that allowed the window for that pass to be made from Dominic Baji to Ryan Hollingshead for the goal. So he gets hurt. It looked bad, but apparently he was saying he was okay as he was coming off the field. We'll see what happened in the press conference after the game. So that allowed us to play our favorite game, Name That Perez. And it was a bit of a surprise that it was a Perez coming in from Stephen Betashore of Philly, who came in in the 32nd minute and named that Perez. Not so much of a surprise because... This Perez has been rather consistent in terms of featuring in the lineup. We had Josh Perez subbing in for Steven Betashore, which tactically changed our formation. Latif Blessing ends up moving to the back line, or at least to a midfield defensive type hybrid role, but 
you know, I got to say one thing. Jordan Harvey had the day off even though he was on the bench. Steven Betashore, the individual in the back line who has what? Among the most minutes on our team as far as uh, minutes played within the MLS. Yeah, he hit his 20,000th minute last game. I mean, look, I know what happened when I hit my 30s. I started falling apart. These guys had a hard game that they played on Thursday. Jordan Harvey had the day off. Steven Betashore, I'm not going to question Bob Bradley because Bob Bradley... Unfortunately, behind Bruce Arenas, who now rejoins the league with the New England Revolution, still wanting the winningest coaches in the MLS, he decided to put Beta in there. Why? Because Beta's the man, and Beta deserved to play. But he probably should have had the day off the same way that we had him have the day off against Vancouver. Whether or not he really hurt his hamstring, we'll see. We play another game in a handful of days at Bank of California Stadium on Friday against the Montreal Impact, and hopefully Stephen Betashore will feature because that would really tell whether or not his hamstring is really in jeopardy. Look, I'm going to say it right now. I don't think we see Stephen Betashore in a game at Bank of California Stadium until the league resumes its schedule in July. I think we might hold him out to get him as healthy as possible. Look, if it's not a bad hamstring strain, and I haven't had many hamstring strains that weren't bad, so I'm probably not the expert on this, but if it's not a bad hamstring strain, we might see him back relatively quickly, but I will say this. I don't think Steven Betashore will come back in an MLS regular season game until July after we come back from the all-star break. And I don't think he'll play in the open cup. I think the open cup might be one of those times where we want to see Tristan Blackman and Shaft Brewer, maybe give Danilo Silva a little bit more run, get Muhammad El-Munir up to speed with everything that's going on on our back line. Although he did play a pretty good game today. These are the things that I think the Open Cup should be used for in a season where it clearly looks like we should be a contender, if not the favorite, for not just the Supporters' Shield, but for the MLS Cup. Oh, without a doubt. And it's nice that we're only going to have two away games in June, but the reality is we're going to have home games because that Open Cup is probably going to happen at Bank of California Stadium. We're all going to get the announcement to where we have to pay 20 perhaps this time around $25 for us to like go to the hey, game hey, against Sacramento. Hey, don't give me any ideas. Don't give me any ideas. $20 is fine. I'm all right. Well, yeah, of course. I don't want to pay more than that. I don't think we should pay more than that if we have season tickets to begin with. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think Beta's going to feature either. But you know, going along as far as the game is concerned, we had... A few opportunities going in to the second half. We really could have tied it. Scarf, what the heck happened towards the end of the first half with Carlos Vela? Well, okay, so there were a couple of things. First, Carlos Vela had an incredible strike in the 35th minute, but what a save by Jesse Gonzalez. He got like his top part of his middle finger on it to push it off the crossbar. A great save. You and I missed from the 35th minute to the 41st minute because we were doing the Jump for LA football cheer at Barney's Beanery. Shout out to Myra and everybody else who we were doing the cheer with over there. But right as we got back to our seats in the 41st, Vela earned a PK and he absolutely did earn the PK. His back leg got clipped as he went down in the box. But, man, the last two efforts for Carlos Vela on a PK have been pretty disappointing. He is 0 for his last two after being 5 for his first five in the MLS. Still, a great save by Jesse Gonzalez, and that pretty much wrote out the first half. We ended one nothing. I feel partially to blame because I, I bumped into Expo Monte, and Expo Monte, El Katrina and I have a 
and understanding. Basically, when Carlos Vela scores a goal, we take off that left shoe and we do the shoey. I bump into Monty, Monty bumps into me, and instantly, without any verbiage, we're like, oh, we both take off our shoes and we're eagerly anticipating Carlos Vela to score the goal. Unfortunately, he didn't. He was blocked. And I felt partially responsible for that because I had anticipated something that I thought should have happened that in reality didn't. So, you know what? I will take the blame for Carlos Vela not scoring the goal because I was so eager to do a shoey with Expo Monti. But that brings us into halftime. Still the score. Dallas won. LAFC zero. So after the halftime break, we saw early action, an early yellow to open the half on Ziegler, a well-earned yellow, by the way. Vela had a free kick, which was headed over the bar by Segura. Great pressure to earn the ball right back, and you really got the feeling, all right, LAFC, they figured some stuff out at halftime. They're going to come out. They're going to press. They're going to keep their high line. And sure enough, 49th minute, no argument from Matt Hedges, a straight red earned by Carlos Vela to give us a free kick. But that free kick, after we're now a man up, well over the crossbar by Lee Wynn, perhaps trying to impress the home crowd, got a little too amped about it. Matt Hedges sent off. So here we are, final 40-plus minutes of the game. We are playing a man up. But it took quite a while for Dallas to look like they were a man down. Tyler Miller with a solid save just a few minutes after on a decent chance. You know, a bad yellow on Lee Wynn in the 55th minute after an awful first touch led that ball to get away from him. And right after that happened, actually, he picked up the yellow. Dio comes in for Lee Wynn in the 55th, 56th minute. And I really thought we'd be pushing up more now. And, of course, we got some good pressure until Tyler Miller did something that has to be our weight what? what moment of the match in the 58th minute Philly? What was Tyler Miller thinking? You know I love me that WWE. You know I love me that <laughs> professional wrestling. Tyler Miller sitting in there in the 58th minute earning himself a yellow card with a headlock just outside <laughs> of the box. Dallas with a free kick pushed wide. That was definitely our weight. What, what? moment of the day. And I'm telling you, let me tell you something mean. Mean scarf. I don't know what in the heck that man was thinking. What's he doing putting a headlock on a man outside of the box, brother? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Back in the day when I used to watch with Gorilla Monsoon and Mean Gene Okerlund. Let me tell I, you something, Mean Gene. I'm still not sure that that's Hulk Tyler Hogan. Tyler Miller, Mean is running wild. Oh, my goodness. I think that's supposed to be Hulk Hogan. I apologize to actual Hulk Hogan if you ever hear that because that didn't sound much like you. But I love the energy that Philly brings. That was like it's Mr. That, T and Hulk Hogan, like yeah, drunk at a bar combined a into lot, one. There was a lot going on there. That was, But, yes, it was an incredibly boneheaded moment for Tyler Miller. Just clear the ball. Kick it away. What are you trying to do in the 60th He was minute. trying to lay it the smack it down upon that man's candy buttocks. That's why we're a family-friendly podcast, everybody. Oh, I could have said far more worse. Oh, I know. I ain't trying to have people review our stuff. I want this <laughs> pod to come out earlier. And the reason, ladies and gentlemen, because of the fact that we don't want our episodes reviewed and delayed, we don't swear. Why? Because the mediums that we post on require 24 to 48 hours for them to review it if we have parental advisory content on there. That's why we don't swear. Because if that wasn't the case, I would probably swear a lot. But I don't. So on with the show. 
That's right. We want to get it to you as quickly as possible after the game. We know that a lot of you love to hear the game recap the next day on your way to work. You can commiserate with us, celebrate with us, or you can just think however you want to feel after the game. It doesn't have anything to do with us. That's totally fine. But you have to listen to us before everybody else. That's right. That's right. Which is why we push these out right away. So in the 65th minute, Ziegler with an incredible Oscar performance. To earn a foul inside the box. It's not even Bud Light. It's Bud Light Orange, man. Come on. It's got the same content as Bud Light regular. No, it has orange in it. Anyways, a beautiful performance by Ziegler to earn a foul after he was holding his head. He got hit with the ball. Not with anything else. He got hit with the ball, and that disallowed the goal there in the 65th minute. A solid chance right back the other way, though, by Andrasik in the 68th minute. And I started wondering to myself, Philly, when are we going to start playing like we have a man advantage? Turned out it was right after that play. For those of you who follow hockey, LAC Kings fan, TSG Sean, we had a power play for how freaking long? 40 minutes. And we couldn't convert Plus on five a minutes power of stoppage. play? Unfreaking believable. I can't even tell you how frustrating it was knowing that we had 11 on 10 going on for how long did you say it was 40 minutes plus five minutes of stop that is an awfully long time but we were down one nothing at the start of all of this so there is a silver lining coming up shortly dio had a great ball countered again pushed his shot wide 69th minute rossi with oh my goodness an incredible attempt in the 72nd minute that's the play where he is diving to his left. That's the one. I apologize. I mixed it up from a play earlier. Diego Rossi was the one who Jesse Gonzalez made a sports center quality save on, on really a sports center quality shot. One of the first great moments for Diego Rossi in that game. He's kind of been picking his spots a little less often lately has Diego Rossi, but this was an incredible shot. Perfectly placed but Jesse Gonzalez making what might be the save of the week in the MLS after the 70th minute. I mean, we really started pushing everybody higher and higher. You could tell that Bob was committed to that equalizer. A little bit of a head-scratching moment in the 76th minute. The mixed reaction that we got at Barney's Beanery from the sub, Andre Horta coming out for Christian Ramirez in the 76th. Look, I understand there's people out there that aren't very bullish. For those of you who don't know who bullish, what bullish means, it means positive. I know there's people out there that don't feel positive about Christian Ramirez. I get it. He hasn't performed to the level that he could have. But one thing that really, really bothers me, and maybe because, yes, we are very close to the freaking team. We love this squad. I hate it when people boo our players. We are very fortunate to have a fantastic team to root for. On the other scope of things, we could have been FC Cincinnati, a team that came up from the USL that really had no business competing against the likes of the teams that we have beaten. I hate boo the players on our roster because you know what if you boo them in their times of need you better not cheer for them when they score so when I heard the mixed reaction at Barney's Beanery I literally saw red that's all I saw because I know Christian Ramirez is going to pull through it's going to happen it's just a matter of when yeah, it didn't look great, though, just two minutes later after he subbed in when he missed, kind of whiffed on a yeah, shot yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It was right on his foot, 
And at this point, only Andresic was up for FC Dallas. I counted nine guys back, not counting Jesse Gonzalez. That bus now clearly parked, doing everything they can to earn a one nothing win at home. A Dio deflection, though, earns us a corner. Pressure kept on, and it was actually Christian Ramirez whiffing on another ball where he barely got a piece of it. Had he struck it cleanly, look, maybe it's a goal there and then, and we're not even talking about this. But because he kind of whiffed on it, a handball in the box by FC Dallas. And Carlos Vela, if you give him a second shot at a PK, he will bury it. And he did. Even though Jesse Gonzalez got a glove on it, we're 1-1. Yeah, and you know what? Consider that the craziest assist you possibly can. Because when that happened, I was I was happy. There were people that were booing Ramirez that were clapping because of the fact that he was awarded a handball for his... We'll call it a deflection, whatever the case may be. Again, I don't like to root against our squad. I live my life as a glass half full type of individual. You cannot boo your team and then root for them when they succeed. I consider that to be very freaking hypocritical. Had he not erred in the way that he did, Carlos Vela might have not gotten that second opportunity to equalize the game. And you know what? I'm glad it happened. Yeah, he didn't have any mustard on that kick. I don't care. It gave Carlos Vela an opportunity to score a goal, and it happened. And as a result of that, we walked out of Dallas with a point. A point is better than a goose egg. No, you're absolutely right. You know, we almost took the win in the 86-minute deal. was off by, what, maybe a foot, a step or so. We'll call it a hair of a, um, a nose. Okay, hair of a nose. I don't know what that means, but I like it. Hair of a nose. I mean, the word I was thinking of was far more you know, <laughs> graphic. So, and just before that, though, there is something I want to talk about in the 84th minute. We had a corner that was so badly overplayed over the goal box, but here's what I didn't see in that situation. I didn't see Walker Zimmerman calling for that ball, trying to make something happen in the middle of the box. We have seen what a weapon Walker Zimmerman can be. And now with Eddie Segura in there as well, we have to start utilizing our back line, especially in this situation. We were throwing everybody forward in these last 10, 15 minutes of the game, trying to get the full three points on a road game. Why wasn't Walker, why wasn't Eddie calling for that ball more and more? Why aren't we running that play? Look, it is what it is. And in the 89th minute, another dive by Mark Anthony K. It's like, dude, that's your second of this game. You had your two of them last game as well. And then that just led to five minutes of very, very frustrating stoppage. Dallas earned a corner. Dallas had a three on two. They ran out the clock on us, and we looked like we were just happy to earn a point once stoppage time hit. It seemed to me, Philly, a lot like the Vancouver game, but a more experienced experiment. Instead of playing the young guys, instead of starting guys like Peter Lee or Nico Hamalainen, we went with the more experienced guys, getting Horta some run, getting Mohamed El Manir some run, starting Lee Wynn. And unfortunately, I feel like that beta injury really threw us off. But again, and you mentioned it at the very start of the podcast, no Eduardo Tuesta look. I've said it time and time again. You've said it time and time again. If not for Carlos Vela, an MVP candidate, Edward Atuesta, would certainly be. He still may be in the top five of the MVP race if these voters are looking at all of the ways that a midfielder can change a team. If nothing else, he's certainly going to be representing our team, the MLS anyway, in the All-Star game against Atletico Madrid. I can't wait to see Eddie Segura, 
to see Eduardo Tuesta, obviously Carlos Vela, and certainly Tyler Miller in the All-Star game. But we had Noah Tuesta, and again, it was just a more experienced experiment than the Vancouver game. Look, Philly, we had plenty of opportunities. We had a PK saved. We had two goals disallowed, a great save by Jesse Gonzalez, and we still, we looked awful in parts, good in parts, never really great in my opinion. We still earned a point on the road. I know, like you said, 40 plus minutes of having a power play. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah, you know what's kind of funny about the last few things that you said? You mentioned Horta being experienced. Quite honestly, Josh Perez is far more of a veteran than Andre Horta has been in two seasons. Mohamed El Manir, just the same. Horta is not a veteran. I'm sorry, he's not. He hasn't featured enough. But the season is long, and we'll see exactly what happens. We walk out of FC Dallas with a point. I want to go to Dallas on an away trip because you know what? The Soccer Hall of Fame is actually in that stadium. That's right. And Panda and I watched like the virtual tour of it the other day. It was absolutely fabulous. There is no reason why we shouldn't go to FC Dallas next season. But that's besides the point. Let's talk about the final statistics. Final score of the game. FC Dallas 1, LAFC 1. Possession wise, we dominate as per usual. LAFC 58% to Dallas 42 shots on goal LAFC 17 with six on target to Dallas's nine shots with only four on target fouls actually were relatively close FC Dallas with 16 LAFC with 15 the jaundice cards jaundice for those of you out there who don't know what that means yellow FC Dallas with four LAFC with dose the power play FC Dallas one red card LAFC no 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 bad boys on LAFC no. Offsides equal with one and... One. Corner kicks. FC Dallas three to LAFC's... Doubled it up. Six. Saves. FC Dallas with five. Tyler Miller with... Three. And that is all she wrote. We walk out of FC Dallas with a point. Last season, we didn't beat them. This season, we did. We earned a tie. That's all she wrote. We were really helped out by the fact that the Union tied Seattle 0-0. And thank you, Tim Howard. Thank you, Colorado. Thank you so much for stepping foot into the ugly domain that we call Carson and beating our arch rivals 1-0. You know, we're not yet clear, though, in the table. I know people are looking down at Seattle, but you got to take a look. At the Houston Dynamo with three games in hand, they are actually only eight points back of us. So we're not clear yet. I don't know how the scheduling works that we've played 14 and they've only played 11, but they have 23 points through 11 games. So on a per game basis, they are actually ahead of us right now. But look, we took one point on the road. That's always nice to see. I can't wait for our next game, May 24th at Bank of California Stadium against the Montreal Impact the day before that game. And that game, of course, is Pride Night. Pride Night! The day before that game, we will be dropping another episode. Yes, we will! I can't wait. The hardest working pod in L.A. I can't wait to share with you the interview that Philly and I did with Dexter Quinn. So many cool stories and things that we learned from Dexter in our sit-down interview. An absolutely incredible bar where we hung out at. Such a great time with Dexter. That episode will be dropping Wednesday, May 23rd. An interview with Dexter Quinn 
the former president and still current member of LAFC's Pride Republic, an incredible evening that we spent with him at he and his wife's bar. It was a great time that we had, Philly, and I can't wait for that episode to drop right before Pride Night, May 24th, Montreal Impact. No doubt, no doubt. It's going to be a good one. It's fun that we fi- we have a Friday game. Thursday games are weird, man. And Thursday games are even weirder when you have to turn around and play the same freaking team on a Sunday. But regardless, we are still a team with only one loss, one blemish on our record. 14 games in, nine wins, four draws, one loss. Best in the West and the best, best in, in the, the MLS. MLS. And that's that. And quite honestly, that's really all that we have as far as today's show is concerned. Yeah, just one more quick thing. Follow us on Instagram, at Defenders of the Bank. We have a cool giveaway planned for Pride Night. We will talk more about that on our episode dropping Wednesday, May 23rd. We will be giving away some cool stuff in honor of Pride Night that you will be able to pick up from us at the game against the Montreal Impact on Friday, May 24th. So I can't wait for that to happen. Phil Andrew, you got one more thing before we do our usual sign-off? Yeah, no doubt. I, I know we're done with the birthday segments, but I wanted to give a very special shout-out to our buddy Bob Stevenson. If you don't know who hey, Bob, Bob is, Bob's on the Geico commercials. He's going to be in Top Gun 2. He was in Fight Club. He was in basically every freaking movie that you could possibly think of. You've seen his face. God bless you, Bob. I, I, we're bummed that we missed your birthday. I just saw your best to you. I just saw your new commercial for Enterprise Rent-A-Car with Patrick Warburton, of course, as the star. He's on the golf course with Patrick Warburton, so I want to give him another shout-out. Bob, Bob, remember, Bob, Bob, Bob it's, it's, Bob, Bob, it's Bob, not Bob, Philly. Bob, Bob, Philly. Bob, Bob, Philly. Bob, 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 Bob. And remember, Bob, it's not that small. So with that being said, <laughs> we appreciate chicken. you guys listening to episode 25. We have a great time doing this for you. And guys, as we always like to say, bye-bye. Bye.